Hey, hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new Mega Mix is up. My MF Doom Mega Mix Oxidation Moons Day is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30-minute mix that I did of MF Doom raps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Hey, 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 welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining me today. My guest is Word Burglar. This dude is the best. He um, he's, a, he's an MC. He's been around for years. I was a fan of his back in the day, and then he sort of fell off my radar, and I was so pleasantly surprised to sort of rediscover him again and find all this awesome music that I hadn't heard He's got a style that is truly all his own, and um, you know I say that, but when I talked to him, I kind of felt like I was talking to a dude that was very similar to me. So I don't know. I th I kind of wish this dude lived down the block for me because I feel like we could have all sorts of nerdy conversations. We probably could have gone on for hours on this one, but um, I was already a fan of him going in, and I was a much bigger fan going out. He's a really nice, awesome, earnest human being. And he's also amazingly talented. It's 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 great. It's like it's funny. I, when I was talking to him, I was kind of falling into this lull of just like chatting about nothing. Then to remind myself, oh my god, this guy is word burglar. Like he is truly a really top tier MC. So with a sound all of his own. So go check it out and go go on Bandcamp and order some word burglar stuff yourself. So um, thank you so much, man, for joining us, word burglar. You're the man. Appreciate it. And uh, while you're checking stuff out, maybe check out my. EP with Pillsy Beats, Quiet Life Loud Friends, available everywhere. You can get it, you can download it for free at my website, soma79.com, um, backslash Quiet Life Loud Friends, all one word, uh, featuring copyright Jason Sinatra, Wordplay the Fly SMC, and um, Honest the Grease God. Really like this EP. I'm so I'm so happy with the reaction you've gotten so far. And the bonus track, I don't know you, but I hate you, should be available now everywhere on streaming services and also as part of the download website. And while you're checking out stuff, Oxidation Moons Day, my MF Doom 30-minute mega mix is also available on YouTube and for free download on my website at soma79.com/doom. So that is it. Thank you so much, and thank you very much, Word Burglar, for being here for this conversation. Peace. Meet Anne with wings clips, quick to flip manuscripts. Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich. But she still can't stand the way he manages to never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids. Plus he cheats at cornhole and rags that he won. So she lost interest like porno after she comes. My DM started jingling, baby, as it was done. Two seconds later, I can hear the snapping of her gums. She calls me half Dodge Challenger, half Lip Gallagher. Um, alright. My guest today in the newest episode of the Articulate Ox podcast. Lock up your nouns, hide your verbs. The word burglar is here. What's going on today, man? Yo, those are some good words. They, <laughs> I'm going to burgle them. I'll burgle those. Uh, yeah, just chilling. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, we were chatting a little bit before. And uh, so I was aware of you from years back. I, I've been you know, doing like indie rap for like 20 plus years. And you were definitely on my radar back in the day with Burglaritis, that that freaking jam. Yeah, um, crazy. 
Cool. Yeah, and then what the way I found you is so I recently did a song with Esoteric from Zarface, and I was trying to figure out how to tag him on on Spotify to get like the best like <laughs> um you know release radar stuff. I'm like, if I do Zarface, I feel like I'm stepping over a little bit. And I and I was like, oh, Wordburger, you did a song with Zarface with Esoteric, and I was like, damn, then I fell right down that wormhole and forgot about the rest of it until now. Dope, man. Yeah, yeah. No, Esso's the best. And it's just insane. What's happening with Zarface is just so fresh and it's so good to see. I remember when I th- I first heard them do uh, Speaking Real Words back yeah. on. Um, actually, weirdly, you mentioned Esso. I was cleaning up today and I don't know if you can see Still that. purpose. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that's an yeah. old school yeah. CD. They're our hometown. Disc. I mean, I'm from Boston. They're from Boston. It's like, oh, yeah. I've been going okay. to see them since like you know, I remember seeing them at like the at the BU Boston University basement show, and there was like maybe fifteen people there. And then it was like it was seven L S O Terry. This is way before Zarface, and it's like then I'd see them the yeah. next night. And the place would be sold out. It was just like they were just still figuring it out. But like it's amazing what they're doing now. Just sign the Virgin. I mean, it's like and that dude is like yeah. there's not anybody who has a bad word to say about him. It's you know he's the nicest guy on the planet. So. Yo, he's the best. I just I just did the Celtics open which yes. is crazy and um yeah like i i first heard him on that um it was a 12 inch or maybe it was like a vinyl ep i think it had like three or four songs on each side it was called the rebel alliance yep. and so that would have been like late 90s i think um it was around the same time like all that underground like the stuff that really inspired me was like company flow uh you know all the like lyricist lounge stuff coming out of new york and yeah. um and yeah and then hearing the stuff from boston and uh so and what's dope you know we could we won't do the whole podcast about how much we love esoteric but uh he's, his, i love that like, a lot on this podcast actually his name gets brought up a lot <laughs> yeah but you know he's doing exactly what he started doing he's just obviously right. doing it at like such an insanely higher level like he's just like he never really changed up, you know? He stayed esoteric. Like, if you go back and listen to, like, SO from 20 years ago, it's like, that's, you know, esoteric. Yeah, He's just, like, con- continued to just evolve and grow. And, like, where some yeah. people change their styles or fall off after 20 years. And, you know, Inspector Deck, same way. Like, I just yeah. saw Wu-Tang in Toronto, and he was there. It was amazing. They had, like, everybody was there. It was crazy. And, like, Capadonna was there. They had, like, nine of them doing Triumph. Um and young dirty bastard was there filling in for ODB. Yeah. I just did and... a song with him. He's he's great. Too. Oh, crazy! Yeah, yeah. A song with him in Razcast and uh, Elza coming out of my next oh. album. But yeah, he's dope, amazing. Dude. Young dirty yeah. bastard is really dope. Like he's um. Yeah. I went and listened to a bunch of his. I just dug out a bunch of his like solo stuff, and I was like, this is good shit. Like I hope he keeps like releasing stuff. I and mean, Woo generation, second generation Woo is a totally slept on album too. Like all the yeah, Wu kids. I don't think I ever heard the whole album. I remember I heard this. There was a single before yeah, the album came out, and it was dope. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, big big Wu Tang fan. And um, well, anyways, Deck was like rapping, and he was like, he came up there, and he was so sharp. And it was like, yeah, like obviously, Zarface has kept him sharp, and he stayed sharp. But like, yeah. he doesn't phone it in on on the Zarface records. No. You know, like he's like Deck is like just like 
killing it every record like i i get so hyped it's, it's just good to see those guys just crush it. it's fun i it's sort of like you know i don't i'm not like i like no esoteric a little i'm not friends with them or anything but you know them from the gona shows and stuff and it's like you have to imagine that inspector deck is probably so excited to be like working with some of the nicest easiest people to work with because it's like you watch these wu-tang documentaries and they're all like at each other's throat all the time it's like i can't imagine how easy it must feel for him to work with those guys yeah it's weird it's day in the that park weird. The, there's a Wu doc. There was the Mike, the Mike and, and Man. Yeah, was, Mike, that was like the yeah. full show, the Showtime one. That's excellent. It's it's really good. It was really good. So here's something. I don't know if you picked up on. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's crazy. Like there's a scene where I think Ghost and Meth and one or two other guys are chilling in the theater. And one of them is like freestyling. And I think Meth says something like I st- uh, 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 utter. Yeah. Like that's kind of like a freestyle. And then they all like go get hyped. They're like, oh, yo. Yeah. But then, like, Ghost came out with a jam, and he says, I st- uh, 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 utter. And so I don't know if he, if that's, like, a thing they were all doing, or, like, know. if he, like, burgled that from Matt. Well, I think, like, I actually think, I remember that, and I think he did a freestyle with Black Thought on, um, I don't know if, it, I don't think it was Funk Flex, but it was one of those shows, and I think he did it there, too. So I think, I think I've seen Meth do it more than one place. Yeah, I'm sure Ghost is like, it's all like in the, you know, yeah. like in our crew, like I'm in a, a crew here of dudes. We've all been rapping together for, you know, forever, a million years. And like, like, there's so many like little sayings that we have that yeah. people will say on different tracks. And like, we don't know who coined it originally. We just all say it. People are like, yo, remember when you said that? I'm like, well, I think like my boy Timbuktu actually said that first. And um, we say like out the napkin, which is like a weird throwback to, um, a compilation we were on and this group had a song called out the napkin and they were called the tuning spork and it was super dope and they just called the track out the napkin but there was no explanation so we just kind of had to like figure out like what that meant and out the napkin was like we interpreted it as like you know when you go to a fancy restaurant and your utensils are wrapped up in a napkin yeah and then you take them out of the napkin to eat. Yeah, out the napkin. <laughs> they never go back. <laughs> yeah. I know. Out the napkin. Who knows how they got there in the first place? So, yeah. So when parties were getting crazy, we'd be like, yo, this party's out the napkin. <laughs> like it was just <laughs> anyways, like just stuff like that, right? And just come becomes part of our crew, your crew saying so. Yeah. Anyways, we're going all over the place. Yeah. Hey, that's the point, yeah. you know. Hey, no real agenda. Though I it was funny when I was listening to your stuff, it was it's you know, you have a very unique voice. You you fit like a like you know you're you. I don't know. It's nerd. Nerdcore doesn't really feel like what it is. Like that's what I think Wikipedia tried to call it. I don't know if that's really what we're talking about here. Everybody tries to call it that. Yeah, it, it didn't really <laughs> make happy. sense to me. But yeah. like the the point that I was trying to get is like so when I was a kid. It was, I remember seeing the No Nose Job video by Digital Underground, and that blew my mind. So everything I'd heard about rap before was like NWA or Beast. It was stuff that felt like it was like, these were people that were just way different from me. But when I saw like Shock G and Humpty Hump, like obviously same guy doing this stuff, that's when it, for me, it felt like hip hop was something that I could do. And so when I listened to your style, I was wondering, do you have any any sort of similar thing like that? Like, what was your pathway into, into, into being rap like, you know, because I'm guessing we're coming up around the same time. It was an intimidating scene. How did you find your way in and how did it feel home for you? Absolutely, man. It was an intimidating scene. That's what people don't really think about. Like I, I always loved rap. I always just rapped. I would rap along, listen to public enemy a lot. LL Cool J, uh, 
you know, Run DMC, Young MC, Fresh Prince, like late 80s, early 90s, Rakim. And then like right into like when all that New York 90s stuff was popping, like Illmatic and Wu-Tang and you name it, Biggie and every like J-Roo and like that, like, oh, like 92 to 96 is just like out of control. There's so many crazy records. Um, And that was just like hitting me like right as I was like getting into my teens and it was just like i was absorbing it all but i always just would loved rap love rhyming and freestyling and but i never thought like yo i'm gonna be a rapper one day it was not like uh but it was something i always did like i was recording songs with my cousin when i was like in grade six because he he's a bit older he had all this gear he had a four track he would make beats and he'd be like you, you love to rap like why don't you get on here and i just kind of like half freestyle half scribble little rhymes like i didn't know what i was doing yeah. and you know i still have the tapes and they're they're terrible oh, yeah. but i got some of those it was like, yeah you, <laughs> you know, have a battle with Genesis. those i'm sure <laughs> and i just always loved rhyming and it is very loved, satisfying you know yeah yeah it's very satisfying and you know i've always been a nerd i always love comics always been into that you know i love baseball i'm like a sports nerd and i'm a music nerd huge rap nerd like as much as i'm nerdy about comic books i'm nerdy about hip-hop yeah. so you know i took it very seriously and i and you know for my i just always wanted to make sure i sounded like me like chuck d was doing his thing ll's right. doing his thing Exactly. Everybody's doing their thing. You're talking about Dela. Dela was doing their like mm-hmm. everybody's doing their thing. So I always thought like if I'm gonna, you know, be a rapper, like I need to be like confident that what I'm doing doesn't sound like anybody else, right? Yeah. Like I love Cool Keith, one of my favorites. You know, yep. there's I no... just, he's on the song that was our fate with that's a yeah. yeah. He's oh, amazing. dope, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I've 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 got a track with him, and I've uh, met him a few times. He's the greatest man. Is like, I, yeah. And his new stuff wild, now. Right? He did like six or seven albums this year already. Yeah, like, no. I was just listening to one that called World Area, and it's hilarious. Like, it's dope, and he's dropping so much knowledge on it too. Just about like everything, like the stuff he's saying things, and you're like, he's like, you know, I like Drake asked me to do this thing, and blah 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 blah. Like, there's some lyric about that. I'm like. He's probably making this up. <laughs> Who knows? And just like saying it for lyric, but it's entirely possible right. that Drake. I'm, I'm sure Drake cool knows who Cool Keith no. is. You know, I wouldn't. I would, exactly. I would right. expect him to. You know, because he had that famous line where he's like, "I got five grand to do a track with Prodigy or something like that," or, or like fifty grand. Like it was some insane rhyme back in like. I don't know, shortly after Dr. Octagon and it came yeah. out, he's like, or 50 grand to do a track with Prodigy. And everyone's like, oh, that's bullshit. And then someone that means I got a hell of a deal. Real. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's like actually real. Like Prodigy gave him 50 grand to do a song or something. I'm I'm probably misremembering yeah. it, but yeah. I have to dig that yeah. song up. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like, look, you're ahead. You get it. Like yeah. to me, it, I could not put out music until i felt like it was like i didn't my friends were always encouraging me to rap and freestyle and like keep pushing me and i rolled you know everybody you know and like you're saying like how it was intimidating like i remember my high school like everybody seemed to be into hip-hop at my high school but outside of my high school people were not into hip-hop like it was not a, like in the 90s like i remember there was like and it was weird like you know i you know i'm a kid from halifax nova scotia canada and being into rap wasn't like we had a great rap scene. There's an incredible local rap scene there. And I guess that's one more thing I'll just touch on about that. 
everyone in the scene that I looked up to, they were all super original. Like they were really like Buck 65, who in a lot of ways was kind of like, in a weird way, like he was a mentor, but wasn't a mentor. Like he was older. He had a radio show. I listened to his show every week. He would basically give you an education every every week on like from the old oldest of the old school and he'd be playing like you know i got introduced to like curtis blow and all this stuff like really early and like nucleus and like the genesis and all this stuff of like breaks and it was a real education in hip-hop and he was part of zulu nation and was really hardcore into everything and he worked really hard to present listeners with this really broad spectrum of of different rap uh, experiences so all those you know i'm getting hearing all these amazing singles and all these jams and that just kept filtering in to me but you know obviously he's a, a totally original mc crazy talented artist and he's putting out the best work of his career i think right now which is crazy like he's just he's put out three albums in the last two years and they're all crazy it's wild about how there's right right as we're recording this, Andre three thousand just announced he's releasing a new album coming out this Friday, and it's all flute yeah. music, which you know I'm sure it's going to be dope. But everybody's like, dude, pick up the mic, and he's like, I don't know what the exact reason is, but like I what I heard is like people like him and Jay Electronica think they're too old or something, and it's like I it's to me we're seeing some real this ain't this isn't like dunking a basketball, this isn't like throwing a football. Like your brain can get sharper if you keep going. And it really, it's the way to stay active. It's, you know, rhyming is great mental exercise. Fully agree, man. You only get better with age, you know, that's yeah. on Bergonomic, which is an album I put out last year. I have a song called No ETA. And it was kind of of that, like, oh, you know, when are you going to make it? Right. It's like, like, I don't know, like I'm doing this as far as I'm concerned. Strangers have heard my music. I've made it like I yeah. never thought I was going to be like, you know, blowing up. But people yeah. like, yo, you still rapping like a bump into people from high school. Like, yo, you still and from you know, all my friends who su- supported me back then are still in my corner now, which is amazing. Yeah. And uh, and I do feel like what you're saying, like, I feel like I'm just getting started. Like, I'm like more hype than ever. But definitely when I was a kid, if you're like, yo, you can't make, you know, most rappers, you know, like going back and listening to Nas or something and you listen to these guys mob deep and there's like, these guys are teenagers. And, uh, yeah. and, and that is so old my at the mind time. sometimes. Yeah. Like when you see that so oldest, old, when he watched the oldest footage of Biggie rapping, the one, the stuff on like the street corner, he, had, he was killed like six years after that. It's wild. Like it's crazy. It's, it's, crazy. it's, it's just the amount of time that it's, it's crazy. You get that good in that amount of time. Yeah. you know yeah it's it's pretty yeah, wild. exactly exactly and um but yeah no and, and with all the 50 years of hip-hop i heard somebody being interviewed i think it was like red man and red man's like we're you know sharper than ever yeah like you look at these guys chuck d cool keith i mean yeah. cool keith just dropped a he's on that 200 rapper it's like an hour-long song that yeah. just came out uh and uh i had an idea to do a 79 rapper song and then i saw other people already doing it i'm like that's you know it felt like a lot of work once i saw other people were already doing it (laughs) if you can have the breaks like if you can break it up somehow because like that youtube video i started watching was like an hour long and it's hype because there's like all these everybody's in it like mike geronimo's in it like there's a name (laughs) i haven't heard heard forever. forever they pull deep and then they've got like you know snoops on it i gotta listen maybe i'm on it (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Someone shazammed me from, from Bermuda the other day. And I there's I, I want to know so much about that one transaction. Like what like I, I get these like I've been Shazam like 10 times and it's from like all these weird places in the world. I'm like what was happening in that moment? <laughs> wow. You can do the GPS on that or the uh the geotrack. Yeah, the Apple Whatever. app shows you, which I'm surprised okay. it does. But like I I it's, it's like part of me thinks it's like a bot, but I'm like, is it a bot? Like, but there's two things that have to happen. The song has to be playing and something has to detect it. So it's like yeah. I like it's weird. And so. was it your song or was it another? It was my some of my songs, yeah. Okay, dope. It real quick back to the esoteric thing. Like yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, about what to tag him as. Because yeah. do you tag it because on Spotify, for example, he'll come up as Seven L and Esoteric yeah. or Zarface or whatever. And, and then there's I other saw esoterics th out there that sometimes get confused with them. There's like five other esoterics out there. None of them are rappers. They're all like thing, heavy but... metal or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's confusing. So I actually, I'm trying to remember, I did see him appear. So on the record he's on with me, yeah, we bill him as esoteric of Zarface yeah. because at the time I think he had appeared on someone else's album using that. It's tag. funny, and I was that was basically doing the same yeah. thing where I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> I found you trying to figure that out. This is the yeah, yeah. of this. And um, all, and all, all on, to avoid me just shooting him an uh, IG message and asking him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, "Just don't tag me in it." <laughs> I know that's, that's that's the fear, right? It's like, I yo, I mean, it's helping us more than than right. him, even if it helps us. I don't know, but um, but he was so cool and just yeah, um, yeah, 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 that's yeah. Funny. He's uh, I've only met him in person once, but he's uh, yeah, we've been in touch over the internet. Yeah, they 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 tour back to MySpace days. I think. Yeah, so it's exciting to see that. Like, it, I feel like right around the time it announced that he was signing to Virgin, he I started seeing the records in more places. Like maybe like in like maybe like a Tower Records thing that I wouldn't have seen it in before or something like that. And then he pops up at the Garden. I'm like, this is cool. This that feels like it's really getting started, and it's going to be something cool coming from it. That's you know? great. And what's dope about him is he's one of these guys who, at least I'm interpreting this, it seems like he's keeping like he i think he even posted about just we're back to esoteric again yeah. but he posted about just keeping dudes like just because they're signed to virgin they're gonna keep working with the same people and keep you know underground yeah. hip-hop like a lot of times you see these guys blow up and it's like yo like what happened to all the people you used to roll with like i want to hear them on a right. track and like no one, one thing that always weird like was, future on like a zarface song you know yeah you know i mean i'm sure the the label does but yeah. um like I like with Eminem, for example, he would always talk about like Mass Ace is one of my favorite rappers ever. And yep. when I first heard Eminem, like you could hear it as like yep. a you know yeah. as a head, you're like, oh, I can hear a Mass bit of Mass Ace, Ace Big Ace. Al, little little uh, Murder Mace, like Tretch, maybe yep, like Tretch. you can hear like a lot yes. of this. Like he's got a solo um, album coming out. Oh wow. I don't, don't know when yeah, he man. said he wanted Eminem to be the first one to hear it. That's the only reason I know about it. There's an article about that. So next Oh, cool, me. cool. Yeah, well, that's I'm dope. very excited. But yeah, to my point, it was like, if I'm Eminem and Mass Ace is one of my favorite rappers, and I get a major deal, I'm gonna be like calling Mass Ace to be on my record. Like that's like, if I got a major deal right now, I'd be like calling Nas, and I'd be calling like, you know, I'd be like 
whoever who can I get that I couldn't get before but then also I want to bring up like the underground dudes right. that I think are incredible right and like probably working with the same people I'm working with now of course but right. but even I mean, like with them, like I think about this like he's got he's got enough money I'm sure and he just goes to his basement and he makes his music it's like if I if I were in this position I'd be flying in cool G rap to do a song I'd be flying in big daddy and I have this album that had every person like Paris like these people that are just killers that like because i feel like if he did one album where he did like maybe like 12 songs with artists like that one or two of them would get big career resurgences out of it and that would be a lot for hip-hop you know i'm not saying that saying eminem has to do that for that reason but i feel like i'd be thinking that way you know i'd be i'd be like a kid in the candy store yeah exactly no you're totally right yeah cool g rap and big daddy can't put everybody on one track like one album like yeah what's marley marl doing i haven't heard anything from marley marl in a while like in all this 50th hip-hop i probably missed something but i don't know speaking of so i have asked this to a few of my other hip-hop guests considering we are the 50th year of hip-hop any predictions on where we'll be at 100 years of hip-hop one thing that i I think about that is there's a lot of people who like to talk about how hip-hop is hip-hop is gone hip-hop's not what it used to be i think hip-hop has infiltrated our culture so much we don't even realize it anymore i heard like black sheep on like a laundry detergent ad the other day it's just like it's literally everywhere it's like to say that hip-hop is dead it's like it's so alive you don't even notice it anymore it's true black that's a great thing gift of gab i mean rest in peace what an incredible artist he uh like he was on like a one of those skip the dishes do you guys have that in the states that sounds very canadian <laughs> it's like uber yeah it's like uber eats or maybe it was uber eats it was like one of those if they of, didn't talk about it on one of those, Danny, i probably don't know yeah. about it <laughs> um you know, i just had a song wheel really snipe sally that just came out oh yeah oh with dude, um dude. copyright and uh wordplay oh cool man cool cool score the yeah time. Yes, he's a buddy of mine, K Trev, K Trevor Wilson. He's a oh, really? buddy of mine. Yeah, we actually used to do a lot of shows together. Like, we actually did a lot of comedy together. Like, I was in a sketch comedy troupe with him. That's and funny. my buddy Cam, shout out Cam Wiley as well, who edited my newest video, is like this hilarious comedian. Um, but yeah, I used to do a lot of sketch comedy too. I loved writing sketches and stuff like i love yeah the trev episode, is hilarious yeah. the episode where he's he gets baited into doing stand-up comedy everybody knows he's hilarious but the joke he doesn't want to do it i i enjoyed that so much the way they played that it was just yeah i'm sad it's coming to an end i heard jared kiso talk about a couple of years i wanted to be the longest running show in canadian tv history and i i thought he i, I thought he was serious but then they announced after 12 seasons it's no more but yeah i think trailer park boys is like i don't know how many seasons they got but but also it's like 12 seasons, but like 65 episodes. So it's like, you can kind of count yeah. this like, you know, any way you want, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but yeah. still brilliant stuff. Um, we actually, you know what you want to ask you about? Um, some news that came out today. I don't know if you've heard this yet. They announced the casting of Reed Richards in the MCU. You know who it is? I have not heard that. Uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. They'll put him in anything. Nope. Someone, uh, one more Jay guess. Jay Baruchel? No. Pedro Pascal. Canadian. Yo, hadn't thought of it. I'm in love with it. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, he's the best, man. He's the best. That Nicolas Cage movie he did was so good. Which one was that? The uh, what was it called? Had a really long title. Is that the one that's about Nicolas Cage? Yeah, I I keep meaning to watch that and I haven't. I gotta watch that. It seems like you know what the joke is going to be. Like, I was kind of like, I don't know if I need to watch it. And then a buddy of mine's like, it might be my favorite movie of yeah. all time. 
So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Love it. Well, after like, I saw so Vampire's good. Kiss with Nicolas Cage, if you haven't seen that one, fucking strap no. yourself in. It's from oh, the it's from the eighties. It is unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch anything that that guy said. It's out the napkin. <laughs> yes, it is out the napkin. It's out the napkin and stabbed you in the fork with the eye like a dual butcher. <laughs> I did. Oh, I did pop okay. for um for um Ric Flair with on the kick snare. Oh yeah, yeah. Dope. I was like, I like, I like. That was one of those moments where like. I, I hate when like I hear a rapper say something. I'm like, I could have thought of that, but I didn't. It's like there's sometimes I'm like, oh, I never would have thought of that. But I'm like, that was right in my Venn diagram wheelhouse. Yep. And I don't know how I, you know, so I'm the same way. Or I hear rappers say something that I've said already. And I'm like, yo, I did that better. And like this guy is like way bigger than me. <laughs> He's like I, in some yeah. rhyme. Like that's the one that really I'm like, oh, I know that's arrogant to say, but it's, you know, yeah. we spend a lot of time writing these things. So. Yeah. I wrote um, a rhyme. I'm the recently. same way when I hear something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wrote a rhyme recently that was um I'm sicker than Abe Simpson with AIDS symptoms. And I was like, I had to like text everyone. I'm like, I had to have stolen this from somewhere. There's no way no one else has put this together. And like none of my friends are yeah. like, I think it's yours, but now that I've told everybody about it, someone else's, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't had a Simpsons reference since probably season twenty-three of Simpsons. <laughs> Where do you stand? Are you? I, I'm somebody who like they had a few bad episodes. I think the one that Fifty Cent was on might have been actually the worst one that I can remember. But like, I still think they make brilliant stuff. I mean, it's it's evolved, but I kudos to them. I mean, I have not watched. I'm trying to think what the last new episode I watched of The Simpsons was. It's been. I say that having watched about three episodes a year, but. <laughs> yeah, like I remember watching one a million years ago, and Alan Moore was on it, the comic yes, creator. Guy. And, and then. I think like Mark Marin was on one. I watched that yeah. season. When was that? A couple of years ago. That might have been the last season I watched. It's the only thing that I'm remembering recently. That feels like a type of gig you get after you interview Obama on your garage. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when the Simpsons start calling. They're yeah, like, that's like right. the only guest I knew that season. I was like, oh yeah, Mark Marin. And like Lisa had a podcast or something. That's kind of inevitable. I mean, yeah. 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 I'm a big American Dad fan myself. Like that's one of the shows that I'm. I think this. I think that's like the funny that Reno Nine One One and Frasier. For some reason, those three shows I could just watch endlessly on a loop. I don't know where yeah. the cross section is, but my wife is a huge Frasier fan. I never got into it when it was originally on, but she loves it. It's like one of those shows she'll just put on, have it in the background, and it's just like it's kind of got that soothing vibe it with is, like yeah. some humor. It's she funny those. She watched the first. We don't have whatever it's on. Paramount, it? yeah, Paramount it's, Plus. Yeah. I don't have that one, so we we haven't watched that. But well, if uh, I can try to find it for you, maybe I'll try to get it to you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like that warm. There's like a Frasier reminds me of in a weird way of you ever watch Star Trek: The Next Generation. I've actually never there's seen like, an episode of Star Trek of any. Oh, kind. okay. I don't know how it happened. Wow. Wow. But I do remember Star seeing Trek. something as a kid where I saw Whoopi Goldberg. I was actually literally before this, I was watching Big Bang Theory, which I discovered last week because I thought that show was terrible having never seen it. And now I discovered it's fucking hilarious. And there were and Will Wheaton had her on a podcast on the episode. So Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's just like a warmth. There was something about Star Trek that always had like there was like a, a hum 
I remember the, the bridge. look of that show. Yeah. yeah. And it was like beige and soothing. And I would always find it very relaxing. Like if I was like really hungover or sick, I just like want to watch some Star Trek and just be like, it was very calming. That's quantum yeah. leap for me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's my like grandpa show, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, for oh, I, was, I was watching the shit out of Northern Exposure a few years ago, too. Remember that show? The um, yeah. it was it was sort I of never the show. it was like Twin it. Peaks if you put it through like like a real rainbow filter. Wasn't it in Canada? I was or in no. Alaska. It was in Alaska, but was there a Mountie in it, or am I thinking of something else? That might have been Twin Peaks, actually, because there, there's there's Mountie hats and parts of that. But yeah, I don't know. Early '90s, we loved that shit. It was like you think back <laughs> now, like like Starbucks grunge. Twin Peaks, all that shit. It was like we thought that part of the world was just a okay. Frazier, he went right from Cheers out there. Oh, you're right, Seattle, Northwest. Yeah, interesting. Where, Big, where Bigfoot is? How, how, what's your feelings on Bigfoot? I, I've had some intellectual <laughs> conversations on Bigfoot. I've been all over the map on my feelings on Bigfoot. I've been very disappointed when somebody called a press conference saying that they had a Bigfoot and ended up being a monkey suit in a block of ice. Um, so, as a Canadian, any any sign of him up there? I have not seen him. Uh, I want to believe I'm not again. I mean, I'm wearing it's funny. I don't know. I'm wearing I did. I picked that I'm like yeah. Alpha Flight, very Alpha on Fl- brand. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alpha Flight uh uh Sasquatch. I uh sure I'm not I, I'm keeping an open mind. Sasquatch could still be alive. Maybe he died. I mean, maybe he just lived like a few hundred years and I don't know what their lifespan is. Um you know, is it like a Harry and the Henderson situation? Is he like a hilarious guy who just wants to get back to his family? Um, leave him alone. Do they live underground? I mean, there's so much we don't know. Do they live at the Earth's core? There, if you go not up? far down the Bigfoot wormhole, you will find there's a lot of people who believe that Bigfoot is an in, is like an interdimensional creature. And they have their evidence to back this up with. And that's one of the reasons why we don't find Bigfoot remains and like, stuff like that so you know think about that when your head hits the pillow tonight if you want like it's... well you know i love to you know imagine that we live in a world where interdimensional creatures exist like yeah. i am i'm fully like i'm i'm open to it i'm uh, i'm making myself available to that reality <laughs> you know what's funny that i think about too is like when I, the back to the marvel stuff is i think about 10 years ago marvel or disney or whoever had a big debate internally about whether they thought the average human was smart enough to understand the multiverse and i feel like i i feel like there was a long time where they're like can we actually are people actually going to understand what's going on in these movies and i think they did a really good job of getting people there but and now all everything is multiverse it's like that's it it's everything there's 90 versions of everything you know oh yeah if i had tried to explain the infinity gauntlet to my mom when i was reading it in grade six or whatever uh compared to now thanos is like a household name yes it's it's bananas so that comic to do that that was that was a huge thing for me when that came out that was to me that was almost so good i stopped reading comics i was like how does it get better than this you know like was that one for you Oh, yeah, for sure. And like that actually introduced me to George Perez, who drew the first four issues. Yeah, rest in peace, man. And like, honestly, of all the artists I've met in comics, he was such a nice guy. Like he was just and he loved what he did. Like and you could tell, like, you know, it's like with rappers, any art. He was was out there. Yeah. 
you know, he was just living like this was his dream. It's what what he'd done since he was a kid, drawing superheroes, coming up with new costumes, really passionate about the stories and the characters yeah. and fans and all that stuff. And that's what you need more of, right? It's like with rap too. I mean, you're like, why would somebody quit if they love what they're doing or they don't make millions? You know, it's right. like, you're just going to keep doing it. And, um, Exactly. And yeah, it's funny. You said like, you're like, oh, well, I, you kind of lost touch with what I was doing. It's so hard to keep up on anything. But it's like, for me, I've never stopped putting out stuff. Like Burglaritis yeah. is what I see as like my first like official release, which was like 2006. But I had other stuff before that. But that's kind of like what I always saw is like, this is like my first real like album that I really thought about. Like, you know, like you, I'm sure like you get all these are like my best rhymes i was writing in high school and like yeah. finally gonna like get these all out of me and like who knows how long it's like 20 tracks who cares yeah. and uh, Boy, my first like, my first yeah. album is exactly the, the amount of time <laughs> yeah, right? have. like the yeah. world needs to hear it all yeah i'm just like like you're just exploding it's like i got so much to prove there's all these different things i'm gonna do and um which is the best but and yeah i've just like never stopped doing it so it's funny thinking about that now that it was 2006 almost 20 years ago which is you know bananas but like anyways i don't know where i was going with that but yeah it's just because it's like i love what i'm doing like why am i ever gonna stop like like you were saying you know um let me see if you can relate to this uh torture i um so i was in the middle of working this animated video about like a year ago and it's still kind of like half done as part of this like little film i'm making but it was like i'd never done it before and i was getting just like tired and frustrated but like and i kept going i should just quit like i i can quit why can't i just quit and i go i'll quit and then I go, well, if I quit, what am I going to do? And literally my mind would always go back. You know, I've always wanted to make a cartoon. And I'm like, holy fuck, my brain has caught me in this loop where even when I resign myself to quitting, the first thing I want to do is go back to the thing I just quit. And that is either the best thing in the world or it's going to kill me. <laughs> can you ever, can you yeah. relate? <laughs> million percent. Yeah. I can't Same stop. thing. Like when you get, and yeah, like, even if it gets like, I don't think about all the work, like the amount of hours that goes into people don't understand when you put out an album or anything, especially yeah. if you're like self, you know, you're running it all. Like you are the executive producer, you know, depending on your situation. Like I'm like juggling all these beats, all these writing the song, think of how it all fits together, getting the artwork, getting manufacturing, getting just like all this. Facing like, down doing people all for verses. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even think about it because it's fun. Right. And it's like so. But the amount of hours that go into that, there's like no way if you were to ever try and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like get this time back in money. But it's more yeah, like awesome. when you hold it and it's like, yo, we did this. Yeah. You know, you don't think about it, you're not sleeping. It's like, oh, does the title suck? Do I have to come up? Like, what, what should I call the album? What song is this? What, what if I put this song? You know, I changed the track order around like 10 times. Yeah. You know, every record is like, I think this song goes better, but I want to hit people hard off the top. But maybe like, you know, I should like pull back a little bit yeah. and let them ease into things. You know, like you just you think Same of all debate. these yep. things. Yeah. 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 It's it's the best. <laughs> it is. It is the best. It's it's like it's 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 I have gratitude to have those sort of problems, you know, to be honest yeah. with you, that it's like to be, you know, at this point in my life, my like mid 40s, where I'm like, this is like if, if a little kid me saw what I was doing now, I mean, I'm not like 
you know like there's a part of me that goes when people talk about how much harder it is to make music and streaming now there's a little part of me that goes good because i feel like <laughs> yeah. if we can get rid of some of the people who are really just kind of look at this to try to you know make like i can see a part-time income but people who are really just trying to game their way into a full-time gig like i can do without most of those people you know yeah Oh, yeah. And you know, like all the flash in the pans, like when I think back in like 20 years of like grinding, doing shows and putting stuff out and the amount of people you see like splash on the scene and trying to yeah. do this big thing. And then they just they're like they see how much work it is or they're like, you just know that their hearts aren't in it and they fade away. Like the people who are still around now are the people that really care. Like, you know, I think of all these people. Yeah, who just disappeared, went nowhere. And it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I so I hear you. Yeah, it's yeah. like streaming is like, how much money were you making anyway? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, I was going to ask you that. Cause so you really, your first real album was around 2006. I always joke with my friends that like around 2006, uh, not really six, but like seven, eight, nine is when the indie rap cliff happened, where it was like, well, everybody was trying to sell cds to each other nobody was really buying cds anymore streaming wasn't as big of a thing yet but people could steal the music so they wouldn't really down they you know they wouldn't really support you through like the apple store or whatever that's a really hard time to break into music i remember finding that every show i played everybody in the crowd was trying to sell me a cd too and you're like this is not yeah you know yeah. how did you how did you survive in that environment <laughs> or how did you find it dude you're so right 2006 7 that was that was that like Def Jux going I, away, you know, that was the yeah. death nail of it. Yeah, because even if I look Rockets. at the dudes that I was looking up to, like when I was like a teenager and I saw these guys in their like early 20s locally or whatever, who were like just breaking and th doing things yeah. and like that was like, esoteric the, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it would have been like Buck 65, 62, like those guys when they went off and hooked up with like the Anticon dudes and they were like Anticon was like pushing Buck 65 hard. I remember so that, that was yeah. bringing a lot of attention back to Halifax, Sage Francis, all those dudes would come up to Halley and um, and it was like this real thing happening. And like so me being like a younger dude in the scene and just like a fan with like, oh, one day I could do this. I remember seeing everything those guys were all doing. And then by the time it kind of got to like, oh shit, maybe I'm like getting close to this, like, and can follow some of these avenues. Every one of those doors yeah. was closed and, or had been milked to death. So by like 2006, yeah. like all that stuff was over. Right as yeah, you learn how to dance, the party's over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right like Def Jux like my CD got into distro like a couple of my friends who had albums come out like a year later didn't like I got real lucky that Burglaritis somehow found its way yeah, out there got, I, that's like the, national I, distro people found, found it, somehow. it that way because I can't even think of how you I would have but like it obviously you were able to get it out there somewhere for me to have found it yeah like I was on hand solo records and then they partnered with Herbnet, who partnered with Sonic Onion, who had a deal with Universal. So as you can tell, yes. I made zero cents <laughs> off this. But because there's so you many hands in it. Like, well, I think I got free CDs that I could then sell at shows. And then, but I heard like, there was like crickets. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Then it was like, almost like a year after the album came out, I was able to get videos happening. I got like a video for cream of wheat made and a video for the root made and then those got a bit of play here in canada on much music which was like our equivalent yeah. of mtv and i was just like working trying like i was working at a comic shop 
struggling, like picking up gigs anywhere I could, you know, trying touring, like hustling as hard as I could and getting like, it was, there was like no traction. Nobody was biting. The one thing, like I had like this A&R guy who no joke, like was like, you should be the Canadian Eminem and you should do battle rap and you should be like all like angry and all this shit. And I was like, that's not me. I'm like more fun. Yeah, like, and I, I love you living like, that down the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, but it was like, he didn't like, he was basically saying that it's like, you should yeah. like, you know, you know, you got it. And I was like, this is really a conversation that's happening. I not see. that I would ever also, I would never say I'm like on the level of Eminem, but like, that's what was like happening there. Like that was yeah. like the only thing they could see. And around that time, like you mentioned Nerdcore. I didn't know Nerdcore existed. My friend Jesse did a song with MC Front a lot, yep. and they it was called Nerdcore Rising. And then I started finding out that oh, there's this Nerdcore scene, and those guys like they brought me out to a festival in um, where was it? Florida was the first one. They brought me to Orlando, and I didn't actually even know the scene at all. I didn't know who like the and like. Orlando is not met, known like, for zip off scene either. <laughs> No, well, the nerdcore scene there was insane already, and this was like I think by two thousand eight. This is when I went out there, and there was a festival called Nerdapalooza, and that's where I met Megaran and MC Frontalot, and those two dudes of the people I met. Like I was like, "Yo, these guys are they're rappers, yeah. like they are rappers, oh, and God, it's nerdcore." Yeah. So that's what has always been my issue. Like I'm happy to be part of nerdcore. Like it has embraced me. I'm like fully. You know, like I said, I'm a nerd. I've always been a nerd. I'm a nerd about hip hop. I'm a, a nerd about comics, whatever. And the thing that bugged me was like a lot. There were things in that scene that was like, they're like, yeah, I'm a nerdcore rapper, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you Just are a rapper. shitty rapper. Yeah. You, you're not a, you're not a good Concentrate rapper. on the rapper. Like, that someone was else like, will tell you who you, what you're doing. I guess. Yeah. And like, I'm still like, I'm still trying to get good at rapping, you know, 20 years later. Like I'm like, still like, how can I get, how can I keep improving? So I was like, the only time it bugged me was like, people were like, Oh yeah, we're burglar. And they write me off as like a nerdcore guy or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm an MC. Like I will hold my own as a rapper and oh, I will yeah. in a cypher, put me in a freestyle, whatever. It's like, I take rap seriously. So but I'm also super nerdy and it's like, yeah, I'll do a whole album about G.I. Joe because I want to. RZA makes a whole album inspired by Kung Fu. I'm doing a whole album about G.I. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm just but I'm taking the art of hip hop seriously and just applying the stuff I love. Anyway, I don't need to, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, that so. was my exact on my first album. The first song was I'm um, sampling was a big letters to Cleo sample. And my thought process was I grew up on this stuff. This was playing in my house. Like what? Like a lot of these my hip hop heroes sample was playing in their house so it seemed like a totally logical mm -hmm. thing you know yeah that, that, yeah thankfully I never got sued for yeah um but yeah anyways to this day like mega random front are doing so well yeah. and they deserve it like i would like front style is so original mc front a lot whether people are like I'm, I'm not really sure about this i was like this guy has got like an incredible style he's from new york too and he knows like he's a hip-hop head and he's kind of like become this like godfather of the whole nerdcore scene and yeah. which is great and but he's like a super skilled mc and obviously mega ran is too and mega ran's crushing it and um and you know there's a lot of great artists in that scene as well like but uh i was always like if you're gonna rap you gotta take this seriously if you yeah. don't know 
you know, I, and you don't want to be like a gatekeeper or anything like that. So I, I but I'm just kind of like, yo, like, right. Can you it's... listen to some good rap? Like who's your, like, can you like try and find a rhythm? Can you try and like, I never ever want to be like hating or dissing people. Cause you know, definitely right. when I came up, I got, people were hating on me big time and like, there where are they now you know i'm sure i got haters still but whatever like but it's like i want to be supportive but i'm also like if you're getting into something that you care about don't you think you should know all about it like i'm not going to play baseball if i don't know how to play baseball i'm not going to understand you know you don't know anything about what's an inning what's what's a shortstop like (laughs) you got to learn the basics of this and this isn't eating your vegetables this is hip-hop yes yeah (laughs) you can't care about this like what are you gonna care about you know yeah you know what i mean so what are you doing that's what like what are you doing so man we're all over the place i'm thinking about i'm still thinking about that in 100 100 years of hip-hop where where is it gonna be um it's funny you know i'd like to be around for that yeah, it's I'll be, I'll be I there start doing the, Yeah, I start doing the math of a guy when I'm like 80, what year is it gonna be? I'm like, holy shit, yeah. these these numbers are adding up fast, you know? See if we make yeah. it, hopefully. Well, I guess there will be like if you look at like the 20 year old rappers now, like in all, you know, they could totally be there. Yeah. Hip hop one hundred. So I think there's I mean, I listen to new rap every week. I, I try and get new stuff all the time. Yeah. Like like what are you listening to right now? Anything like Oh, and I'm embarrassed as shit. That, I'm, I'm, I'm about to embarrass the fuck out of myself. Like what? And I showed this in the last episode too. I um, and I, I don't mind doing this because I think it's okay. I think we should not be embarrassed by what we listen to. But I ordered um a record the other day because it was on sale. The first time I heard this artist, all I knew about him was a song I heard. And I'm like, I actually dig this. It kind of sounds like a kind of a DMX mixed with the Sex Pistols. And I started listening to him. And unfortunately, a lot of other things happened. But when I saw it on sale, I bought this piece of trash. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Tashi 69. Oh. And I was like, well, it's on sale for a reason. I'm like, yeah, I might listen to this again someday. So I only mention that because I had no defense of what like a total dickhead that guy has proven to be. But uh, don't be too embarrassed by the shit you like. Because the other thing I listened to right after that was the Carpenters. Because I fucking love the Carpenters. And if you yeah, you've ever yeah, listen to them from back in the day, they're so lush. And I just fall into a whole different world when I listen to that. So yeah that's my recommendations for you dope dope um you know what actually i picked up the other day too if you've never heard this um they only made a small number of these but wugazi um one of the guys i have that one yes yeah i just got this the other day dude from i didn't know he was from doom tree um yeah because i wanted to track him down because i thought about maybe try to see if i could come in and talk about this but like um uh this is amazing if no one ever That's hasn't great heard album. this, yeah, it's it's um yeah. Fugazi mixed with Fugazi is an interesting one because when I was a kid, that was like the heaviest music I listened to and it felt really heavy. But now when I listen back to it now, it feels melodic. Like I'm like, it, I have a totally different experience listening to Fugazi as an adult as I did as a child. It's it's mm-hmm. the only band I can kind of think of like that. Amazing shit. Yeah. So I I watched your video today for um 1984 <laughs> and holy shit. um where do i begin um like first if you haven't watched it pause and go watch it because i'm gonna spoil some stuff but uh was it ultimate warrior inspired face paint because that was the first thing i was like of course 
Oops, yeah. Like I, I think I'm like half Ultimate Warrior, half Marty Jannetty of yes, the of the Rockers. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, who is this guy? Because I, I thought like Sergeant Slaughter would be too easy to right, to spoof. The G.I. Joe thing, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I think it's more fun, especially I had my pandemic hair going. Like, I'm still, you know, I've got a mini mullet yeah. now. But uh, was that your real hair? That was my real hair. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, that, that was the that was the. I did not think that was the case. Yeah, dude. Well um, done. Um, well done. So that was like three years of growing it out during the pandemic, Holy and shit. then I was like, I can use it for this video before I cut you it. Think like I and, think. Uh, yes. Yeah, and it was like this is like half the battle right there. Just getting that crazy mullet. I got like the uh, what's his name, Eastbound and Down, Danny oh, McBride. Yeah, um, Danny McBride. Yeah. Yeah, Burns, but um. Yeah, Man, super. When he gets in that fight with Will Ferrell dressed like Ric yeah. Flair, I could watch that for the rest <laughs> of my life. It's a good show, man. That's a good show. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so no, like, glad you like the video. Yeah, the yeah. video is really amazing. So, if you haven't seen it, it's it's sort of a play or it's a play on G.I. Joe. And I have to go back and pause because I saw it. I didn't, I wasn't able to walk or stop and read all the little things under there, but I got there's some funny stuff at the bottom. I always appreciate stuff like that. I always think it's so smart to give somebody a reason to come back and watch a second time. Like, like that's what I love about hip hop is that there are songs that like, I'm only get I've heard a hundred times and more getting the lyrics to now. And it's like, that is like, it's, it's a reward. It's, and I don't know, man, very smart, very brilliant video you you, you did something cool with the actors um what was it like casting that because i feel like i could kind of see that and go oh i see how we made this stuff like that but it must be a pain to try to get people like that you know what was that like yeah well we started with the uh you know there's three generations in there and sort of the mid-generation they're friends of mine so the dude with the glasses actually is the guy who made the beat, Peter. And he was going to be in a Peter project. It was incredible. And actually, he did this insane album called uh, Daft Science, which if you can find it, it's Daft Punk and the Beastie Boys. Oh, it is so... I can't find it fast enough, actually. <laughs> dude, it is so good. And uh, he had it up for free download until his like band camp almost crashed, I think, because it was like... I don't know all these I think Rolling Stone picked up on like all these places picked up on it. He got like crazy traction. But yeah, it's just called Daft Science. Yeah, Big shout out right to now. Peter Project. He's an old buddy and he he produced a lot of songs for me. And um he made that beat which is crazy. Like he's the guy where I'm like, "Yo, I want to make this song that's like a spoof of crazy toy commercials from the 80s and 90s and it's just like a Saturday morning ad that's like where some dude is just yelling at you to buy toys and he's like i know exactly what beat to make <laughs> all right call the right and guy he, and he did it um but then he'll make other beats that sound like completely different so he's really really a genius um so yeah we basically started with the people i knew who we could get and then my friend sandy who directed it who's just as like brilliant he's a comedian writer actor he he was like, okay, these are the three people that we're going to use. So then let's cast them as older people and them as younger people. So uh, Sandy actually called like a friend of his who's like works in casting. And we just got some non-union actors to be in it. And really? um, yeah, it was super fun. Like to me, as like a it. kid, I would always watch those toy commercials and think those kids had like the greatest life ever. 
Like, yo, I want to be there with all the trans. Look at all the transformers that kid has. How come my backyard doesn't, doesn't have those perfect rocks yeah. that he has to do the little yeah. battles? You know, what the yeah. fuck? Where and they were always the new ones that you'd yeah. never seen before. It's like, yo, I've never seen that Spider-Man toy anywhere. Like, how'd yeah. that kid get it? Yeah, and... <laughs> that was something I remember back in the day. Like, I never got my snake. It's like, you'd go to the store and there'd be certain figures. Like, it felt like only certain figures were sent to certain parts of the country. Because I'm yep. looking at the same, like, Stormtrooper, like, Star Wars figure over and over again. And I'm not getting any Han Solos out here in the Northeast. It was very oh, yeah. frustrating. Dude, yeah, in Canada, all we got in G.I. Joe was, like, snow job. We had all the snow guys. <laughs> like, yo, give us the desert guys, too. Come on, hook us up. <laughs> give a lumberjack. Uh, yeah. Joe. So where are all those figures? Were those, um, I don't know G.I. Joe as well as I know other stuff. Were those actual G.I. Joe figures that you, like, repainted? Or were they just, like, there's a lot of work went into that, it looked like. Yeah, man. Yeah, so that's by a guy that's dude, Ozzy92, who's this um incredible toy customizer who he he actually made me a figure about 10 years ago and he gave it to me as a gift um he's from michigan and i i was at this um i was at this show in uh colorado and he, he gives me this he's like here's this figure i made of you it's like yo this is crazy and it was this character i had the rap viper and he and he made it and then we just got talking he's a huge gi joe fan i'm like you know, he's just like a huge hip hop head. And we were like, you know, we became buddies. So then when I had the idea for this song, my dream was, oh, man, it'd be so cool if we could make this video. And if I could get like one or two custom figures to go in the video and then that would be incredible. So yeah. I told Ozzy, I called him up. And I was like, here's the idea, blah, 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 blah. Do you think maybe you could do like one or two figures and we could use them in the video? It'd be really, really dope. Blah, blah, blah. He heard the song and he's like, Yo, man, I'm I'm doing all the figures, <laughs> and it, it blew. Like I still can't believe there's like 25 figures, uh, and yeah. So he used old GI Joes, and he mixed and matched. Like for anyone who ever like messed around with GI Joes, you can take them apart and change their arms and heads and whatever. Like there's a screw on the back. Oh yeah, dude, they it's amazing. There's I like, got a couple over there. I'll have to get the screwdriver out. Yeah, there's a little screw in the back. You just uh, you know where the backpack goes. You just get a little Phillips screwdriver, a mini one, and uh, take them apart, and you can interchange their arms and legs and whatever. I had no like, idea. That's crazy. Yeah, give your Cobra Commander a real I head. I got yeah. um yeah. <laughs> I don't have any good GI Joes. I have good other figures, but like my I have like Swift Kick, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have the medic guy that, like, didn't want to carry a gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lifeline. Yeah, yeah, Lifeline. Yeah, you really know um, your G.I. Joes. I, I actually do. I actually do. Speaking of, so you, so you voice <laughs> a Transformer, correct? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm the How'd voice of Starscope. Starscope. Man, crazy luck. Uh, a guy came, I did a show in New York, and it, this guy was at the show, and he came up to me after and he was like, hey, I write cartoons. I make cartoons. Would you ever want to be a voice um, in this? Like, At that point, that guy thing. would never be able to get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've done some acting and stuff in the past. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, of course, it'd be crazy. And um, and he knew my music and and. um it was a super cool dude. And I was like, okay, cool. Didn't think I'd ever hear from him again. Yeah. Then a few months, it was like actually in, into the pandemic. And then I just get this random email 
to ask me to like send in a demo for uh like an audition for this transformer cartoon and yeah next thing i know they cast me and uh yeah i got to play starscope the wrapping telescope <laughs> there is <laughs> there's no crazy. better gig than voice voiceover what a gig what totally it's the best and just so fun and just you know i got the little figure um but yeah so that was that's super fun hopefully there'll be more but um you know i'd love to do a 1984 cartoon like that would be crazy but i just saw the transformers movie for the first time i actually made a friend to this podcast Uh, actually this is back to esoteric um my man jared eagle down in florida just did a kickstarter for a movie he's doing about orson wells it's a graphic novel that may be a movie but it's told through the lens of the transformers because he was a huge transformers fan growing up and so he got esoteric to record like this kind of secret like once upon a time in shaolin style ep that you could only get if you supported the kickstarter on a certain let's only make like 40 things of vinyl of it and um dude i, I, I didn't hear anything about this Is it i'm, still I'm trying to help spread the word because so now like he he the, the thing the music's in he actually was nice enough to share it with me but he told me not to give it to anybody of course yeah. but he um I'm trying to help him get the word out about it a little bit. It's a really amazing project. He already raised all the money for the Kickstarter. So this was like one of the things that I think he thought was going to like sell out fast, but something else kind of came in and did it. And I think he's like, oh, I have this really cool thing here that we got to figure out how we do something with it. But it's really, really awesome. And Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So it's a comic book or it's a movie? So, about it's, it's, so the comic book was what the Kickstarter was for, like a graphic novel. And it's sort of um I, I i i'm not doing it it's called planet orson so i'd recommend people just kind of look up to get the, the full information but he played the the planet in um the transformers movie was it was, uh, was unicron it? is unicron, uh, the name yes. <laughs> so it's somehow tied to that and i think he might be i don't think he's as unicron i think he might be talking to him or something i i gotta refresh my memory i can remember everything that happened in the seventh grade but like i can't remember what my friends are doing <laughs> but it is it's amazing what the work he's done um he's a he's a screenwriter a very interesting amazing awesome dude and uh huge esoteric fan but he he had to start to do it because they sampled the transformers and be alert like one of their first songs yeah 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 yo that's dope that's dope i i want to check that out we're doing uh doing a kickstarter in the new year for a comic so I'm well so this is probably gonna now. drop in december so is it worth uh promoting that a little bit now or anything oh, talk oh about? yeah i don't have a date set up for it but basically you know maybe it'll probably be march i think when we're launching that's what i'm looking at but uh yeah we're doing a graphic novel adaptation of a bunch of my songs Ooh. so we're gonna get a bunch of different artists to illustrate my songs as comics and uh and i'm like writing and plotting out all the comics and the stories it's basically like making music videos for your songs except it's it's a comic instead of a music video and then you can read along and uh listen to the music you know so So, yeah and uh yeah we got some crazy artists lined up but steve mcniven's doing the cover which i haven't announced publicly so there's a scoop i don't know if you know him but he did civil war for marvel and um old man logan a bunch of crazy things yeah so and we got a bunch of amazing artists what what are some of your favorite comic runs of all time um i went on a collecting binge a few years ago and i got 
the entire Flash collection, like the whole 200 something episode issues. And I've been slowly reading through that and I'm really enjoying it. I did the same with the Robin series because I always liked Tim Drake. Yeah. And, um, and uh, which Flash was it Mark Wade or it's, Jeff it's Johns? Mostly, um, it's both. I think yeah. I think it's both. Um, I mean, with that many issues, it covers which is like freaking everybody. But yeah, it's it's just endlessly enjoyed. Did you see the Marvels that came out the other day? I haven't seen it yet. No, I went. Um, unfortunately, people are shitting on how bad it's doing, but they're forgetting that this is a movie that nobody could promote. That like you know they couldn't do interviews because of the strike, so it's like right, 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 right on right. curve. But um, one of my friends who writes for Screen Rant described it as sort of like reading issue one forty two of a comic book series that you stopped reading at fifty. And I can kind of see what he's talking about, but I did really, really enjoy the interaction between the um the three characters, and I thought um yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, that's actually an incredible description because i, I get writer. that instantly you know from reading comics like getting them on a on a spinner rack and then like you get an issue one day and then you have no idea what happens and then you get the Especially next issue and it's, yeah it's like 30 issues later and you're like yo do you remember your earliest comics like the stuff that really got you hooked i was i have i don't know if you've ever heard of guru the wanderer but like this oh, was yeah, man this was it for me and I'm, i still get every issue that comes out um this just came in the mail the other day and this was when i first saw this on a spinner rack and like a stop and shop back when i was a kid i was like i don't know what this is but it's like nothing i've ever seen before yeah so they've been telling the same jokes ever since that dude's a legend like just he's just an absolute fastest drawer out there and just tons of great stories about him on the internet such a character and you can just see like in his illustration they're fun like mm-hmm. you look at Gru or you look at the stuff he did in like Mad Magazine. Yes, it's he was just in like every episode, fun. every issue of Mad Magazine, I think. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's that's crazy. and like like um the love of crowd scenes. Like yeah. just like knowing that, <laughs> that that that's somebody who loves drawing because like the because I mean yeah. I'm somebody who loves a good Easter egg, obviously you are too, and it's like you're doing that because you're so delighted by what you're doing. It's like Chris crowd scenes. A lot of times if you're drawing and be like, what the fuck am I doing? This, this could be like one big guy, right? It doesn't have to be like yeah. American guys. <laughs> like people will buy that. I'll just draw one and do X hundred. But like, oh man, it's just, it's so people like that keep me very inspired. It's true. It's like that kid in the back of class and you look over and they're still drawing the crowd scene. It's like, yeah. Funny thing too with me. So Mark Evanair, I always say his name wrong, but he was sort of the writer, sort of like one of the spokesperson for Guru all these years. I didn't realize this, this, this was over. He wrote a lot of Garfield and Friends as well, which to me was Garfield to me was was everything. I got my little Garfield back massager here. I saw that. Yeah. Dude, I got a Garfield incredible. tattoo recently based on a drawing I did as a kid. I can't even really show it, but like I I found an old Garfield drawing I did a notebook and got a tattooed on me. Like and the same guy responsible for it. I think he's just sitting some up, up well, he's sitting up somewhere in New Hampshire right now waiting for me to send him an email inviting him on this podcast. But, Dude, look, I knew we were gonna get along and like, you know, we were talking <laughs> off the top about just like, you know, the similar similar stuff we did but when you drop garfield like i loved garfield too and i feel like i don't think anyone in my adult life has ever admitted to me they loved garfield so props i'll take, like, I'll why take one people... more step forward i think i'm still scared by the garfield halloween special <laughs> yo the garfield and the nine lives one where Dude, there's like okay. the ex- my entire i'm making a movie based on that <laughs> 
this is sort of like that that inspired this movie I'm making. I'm, I'm doing this album. I did this album called Drinking Songs for Children. And it's all um, it's the one of esoteric and cool Keith and Young Dirty Bastard. It's all recorded, Razzcast, all the shit. But I'm making a movie where I do a song, an album for each, a video for each song and link them together with like commercials and stuff. And I've been oh. working on it for like two years. But like it was based on the idea from the Nine Lives book because it was like I have this character, Oxy Astronaut, that I that I use, and it was gonna be each video was going to represent a different version of that character just because of that book sorry to interrupt dude that's crazy no that's you get you knew instantly the second i said that because that's with like the lab experiment cat like that truth that freaked me out as a kid there was some heartbreaking shit in that i remember one of them so i was looking through it recently because this is not the first time i've told that story and um (laughs) i remember just seeing like it is amazing like um uh how emotional a cartoon cat can can make you and like i uh, recently and i guess maybe i'm easy but like my my girlfriend put on like this animated cat movie and she and she turns it on and she's still like typing on her phone and i'm watching it three minutes in i'm already crying because of like this cat that like lost its home and i'm and she's looking at me like who the fuck am i living with <laughs> but like i feel like it's it's like if that was a baby i probably wouldn't have cried but it was a cat and i was just like oh man but Garfield just takes you right back. I still have all my old books that I had as a kid. Like the yeah. reason I have this tattoo is because in, inside of one of those old books, there was a little how to draw Garfield. And that's the same Garfield that I learned to draw and then eventually burn my body last month. Well, you know, as an MC, I'm always looking for rhymes with word burglar and burgle. So obviously, you normal. know, normal comes yeah. right <laughs> it was one of the, the like normal the the word words you can do yeah yeah let me ask you about that name because it's like if if i came up with the name word burglar i would immediately pat myself on the back put the pen down and go i've done it for the day like that's like <laughs> one of those names where like i feel like must have opened a few doors for you because even like i was texting somewhere before that and i'm like he was asking me for something like hey i'm about doing interviews like who's it with and i'm like word burglar and he goes that's a wild ass name lol <laughs> like that's the response <laughs> that's right there that's and it's it, a great man. name man well thank you it's um it's funny because my initials are sj and uh i was rapping as like sj like you know, my first rap name when I was in like grade five or six, I was like SJ Jazzy Jordan, which was just like a DJ Jazzy Jeff ripoff, right? That's still um, pretty funny. But it was just like, it was like old school. And then people used to call me Jazzy and just, I was SJ. And then I was like SJ, the Optimus Drag. And then I was just like SJ. And, you know, you couldn't end up with on Jay Z on that same path because you're yeah. Sean, you're yeah. like Jazzy. You're like, I know. And I was a wife. And I was like, why? Um, so I was in this group and I was, I was SJ in this group it was just my buddies junior high and high school. And we were the dregs of society and I was SJ, SJ. And then I like went out and started recording solo songs and I, and I did five songs, uh, my first five like solo tracks. And one of them was called the word burglar. And it was just, that was the song. And I was like, I burgle words. And it was like, and I remember going to record it and I recorded it at this like house there was like a party going on. It was in the basement and like everyone could like was around and like, there was no sound booth. I just like got on the mic and just started like recording this. And I recorded that song, the word burglar. And like everybody like erupted when I was like recording and they just like loved, like it just connected. Like, yeah. And then the moments are rare when they first yeah. start happening. You're just like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And then it was just like, 
I gave out my CD to people and then I'd be like doing some like gigs here and there and just like hustling and meeting people. And then people like, Oh yeah. Like they bring me up to rap somewhere and they'd be like, what's your name? Like SJ. Okay. Whatever. And then I get up and perform. And then I come down and I was like, Oh yo, I didn't know you were word burglar. You just said you were SJ. I'm like, yeah. And then I started to click in that like more people because college radio started playing that song and like people just got to know me from that song a little bit, I guess. And I knew like, I, I was like, Maybe that is my rap name. And also because SJ is like so generic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you and I both most... have very generic names. Like I'm I'm Tim Johnson. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like how many how many of us are there out there? A lot, because I yeah. get a lot of their emails. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, and it was me. It like felt like it was kind of like a super villain. It was kind of fun. It was kind of nerdy, fun to say, like a bit like whatever, like, you know. The some, thing too was like, like, oh yeah. It it does sound a little nerd chorus, but if you told me there was a rapper named Word Burglar that came out of like Yonkers, I would believe that too. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um yeah, it, it it literally stuck. And uh that was yeah, that was probably twenty years ago. So that single was like twenty two thousand two or two I probably first recorded it in two thousand two and then two thousand three. And then I had like an EP and then that song got put on a compilation, which wound up getting me the deal to do burglaritis and um yeah so it, it the name literally opened a lot of doors for me and i loved it instantly and um yeah luck yeah. you know people seem to remember it and like i think people even like they'll hear it and they're like oh i've heard of you and they haven't heard of me but the right, name makes they them did. think they've heard of me. <laughs> i had that a little back in the day because my first cruise name was project mayhem and not okay. everybody put together the fight club thing you know, oh, okay. and so everyone's yeah. like, oh, I've heard of you guys. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you definitely have. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, we have one mixtape and all the copies are in my closet. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's funny, man. It's true. Yeah. It's do, you, true. do you still perform live? Oh, yeah, man. I was just on a just did a little tour on the West Coast here in Canada. And oh, yeah, man, I'm busier than ever. Like, obviously, pandemic slowed things down. But the last year. 2023 was crazy. Just did as many shows as possible. I, I don't know if you're experiencing this, but like venues are just closing everywhere here. So they're actually it's just tricky. starting to reopen here because there was one guy, I live near Northampton, which is our little like city, like city around here. One guy had most of the liquor licenses and couldn't reopen. So they just now cleared it up. So we're getting a bunch of venues back. So we're the, Oh, exception. dope. So come, come play dope. at our places. I would dude. I would love to. Do you know they, Ash they, they, by any chance? Do you who? know Ash? Ash so. the monolith. Have to look. That actually, that sounds familiar. Um, yeah, and he's in a group up. called Ash and the Isolations. I think he he was in Massachusetts. I thought he was from Mass, but maybe he's maybe he's in Rhode Island now. Uh, but he's dope. I nice. like. He's a dude who like when I was like just starting out, he was kind of just starting. We connected. He was like one of the first american rappers that i kind of connected with way back in the day and what we've was done your, a few tracks together but yeah. what was your first real like pinch me moment of like oh now i'm working with somebody who i was definitely on the other side of a fan and now oh we're actually working together because like i've had a few of those moments i'm like oh this is this is this is happening <laughs> this is not yeah. just something i fantasize about or wrote about in a notebook like yeah. Well, on like a local Canadian level, I got to work with Joe Run Bombay, who to me is a Canadian legend. And in, where, where I'm from, he's been doing stuff since the 80s. He like 
you know, open for Public Enemy way back in the day, like when Public Enemy was. Everybody like, opened for Public Enemy. They were they, they had the best taste. <laughs> I they love did, Public Enemy. Apocalypse ninety one to me, I could listen to that day in and day out. I probably know every. Dude, it's probably my favorite one too. Me I mean, too. and I, it's like, like you could argue any of them are the best, but that one is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that was that's a great album, and not and the Anthrax song was like that was a good jam, but it was like right. there's yeah. other tracks. Um, I oh, was listening man. to that the other day, and I was debating if I could do that do that song at karaoke because <laughs> I know all the words, <laughs> but I don't. I, it's like I don't know if I got the. I'd have to do a few dry runs of that to see if I got still got the pipes to like yeah. hold it up for that long. It's funny, my one time I did too legit to quit by MC hammer. My wife loves karaoke and I, I did, been, I did I'm not big on, <laughs> Yeah. And it's like a couple of, and they just come back instantly. I'm like, wow, yeah. I can rap too legit to quit. And like people, yeah, lose their mind. I'm, I'm, I, think like, I could probably do the Humpty dance and probably yeah. scenario without like, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah. Scenario. Well, if I do, if I go somewhere in scenarios on the karaoke list, that's a good karaoke spot. Yeah. Um, it is wild. But, these things that get stuck in your, your mind. Yeah, you know? It's crazy. Um, yeah, Joe Run was huge, like for me locally. And then, of course, doing a cool tr- track with Cool Keith was crazy, doing track with Esoteric. On my album, Bergonomic, I was really excited because Buck 65 produced a track on there and Joe Run produced a track. And those were the two like legends for me looking up, like when I was a kid. So that was huge. And Mocha Only, who you, you may know Mocha Only. I do Only. know that name, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that written, and I don't think I ever knew how it was said before. But I've definitely yeah, I can picture it. Dude, he's probably the most prolific Canadian rapper. He's so dope. Like so many releases. He, he actually did work with MF Doom. He's, to my knowledge, that's, the only Canadian. Yes, that's he's the only Canadian who's worked with MF Doom, as far as I know. I'm um, assuming you're as huge of a Doom fan as I am. <laughs> Of course. I mean, how can you not be? Amazing. Like, of course. I just did yeah. a mix. I just did a 30 minute mega mix of um all Doom stuff that I mixed together into with all my beats and stuff that I oh, made. Oh, dope. I, Operation Moon's Day. I, I just, Doom is just the fucking the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's something crazy then. The other connect, I should say, Mocha only, there's another Canadian. The dude who made the beat Great. more soup is 6'2, who's Canadian. And six okay. two oh, is in yeah. the semi tone with Buck sixty five. Yeah, so six two and Buck sixty five are in a group called were in a group called the Sebutones. and they, man, I thought those guys were going to be bigger than anything. They were like it was going to be bigger than Doctor Octagon at the like it was just like, yeah. they seemed to be on this trajectory, and like the Anticon guys were like pushing them, like they were going to be that, like. It was huge for Halifax back then. Um, you know, people talk about, you were talking about Seattle and like Nirvana and stuff. Halifax hip hop in that era felt like we were like going to be like, you know, not to like. Next week. Yeah, no, I, I actually, next week thing, but, I know, but, you're t- but I know what you're talking about because I remember feeling that, hearing that buzz. Cause I was, yeah, you know. it was crazy. The scene there was so insane and like the, the hip hop community there was so cool and everyone was unique and doing different stuff, but it was really good and based in like, turntablism and classic beat making but all like new weirder stuff go find the sebutones if you can um really different good shit anyway six to produce that mf doom track that moke only raps on it's called more soup more soup for your meal yes it's like more soup yes. for your meal more yes. soup and it's the beats dope and um 
yeah i always uh, i tried to get a doom feature so many times and it's funny once again back to esoteric i told this story a few times where i was i was did the song with esoteric and i was like basically i'm like i'm gonna give this a shot like i'm like he done a couple he done a few albums with doom i'm like look do you i've asked him advice a few times esoteric he's always been nice to respond and things like that but i asked him like is there a manager is there anybody i can even reach out to to even attempt to try to get something started and that was the one thing no response i'm like if you're inside that doom circle i i don't think anybody was letting anybody else in because it's he he would just pop up with random like i'd see him do songs with these totally random people like somehow those people got in touch and wrote a check and something happened like who would i gotta talk to yeah, well, that was the thing with Cool Keith, too, because I'd met him, like, a few times, and I don't know if he's, like, for whatever reason, but he, he remembered my name. Like, maybe it was, like, you said, Warburg. He's like, a Warburglar, but he didn't remember, like, I was like, oh, we met before, and Warburg's like, yeah, Warburglar. Like, and I was like, you don't remember me. Like, that's impossible. Um, but then we wound up doing this track together through Mega Ran, and it's the same thing. It's like, now I see Keith pop up on so many things. I mean, it's been like yeah. this for, like, 10 years where you're like, how did this dude, like, did some guy just give Keith, like, 50 grand to make an entire album with him, and then they just put it out, and then Keith just, you know, went on his way? Because, like, this record just came out, like, I was telling you, like, he had that great album with Real Bad Man, Serpent, at the start of this year, which was really good. It was, like, Real Bad Man was, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, get the Keith, because I think with Cool Keith, I don't know how big of a, keith listener you are like he puts oh, out so much yeah. material that it's like just rein it in and give yeah. me that like like gold. like prince like, like, yeah yeah because he'll do stuff like i saw him live and i swear he did like a 20 minute freestyle where he was just like saying basketball team names denver nuggets you know he mentioned okay, the dallas mavericks doing, okay. on, on the verse like, yeah <laughs> he's like sitting court store at the dallas mavericks <laughs> yeah the bullets then now the wizards it's like <laughs> it's I, funny, like, I got hooked up with him because of Esso because like I know I had this song with him and we were working on it. I'm like no one's getting back to me I'm trying to reach out to and I was actually I was in talks to try to get Humpty Hump on it but unfortunately he yeah. passed away and um, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't think it would have happened now that I've kind of heard where he was at but like you know the um, so then he was like here's Keith's information hit him up and I wrote him up and cool Keith's like yep definitely like yeah that's crazy yeah um, yeah and he's Keith knows, like, I've never met someone who was so confident and, like, they knew who they were to the people they were talking to, and they were, like, respectful of, like, you know, they're respectful of me being, like, obviously, like, a super fan, but also, like, you know, an artist trying to work and, like, but, like, knowing, like, they kind of have to keep up that Keith persona. He's like Black David Bowie. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he's just like he's like sort of an alien that's just sort of yeah. showed up here and he he's just he's i think he's a little bit of almost tracy morgan to him where you go you're so you're so smart to be able to you're smarter than it's obvious that it is but you're brilliant you know he's brilliant. and it's, it's so he's cool to brilliant. see to be in the i've never really i've never been in the presence of him but he feels like somebody to be in his presence must be an interesting he's just experience. like the things he says like i like he posted something on Instagram and I had to like quote him in the comments back to him because it was just like, so he just said something like we're huger than you and we're getting huger. Like it was like the way he just put the words together was just like, it's so succinct and so hilarious, but so like braggadocious and just 
perfect yeah. and it's just such a key thing like like he has that ep with Cutmaster Curtin. it's called uh your mom is my wife yeah. <laughs> which is like that's all you need to say mm-hmm. it's like what a diss He's got his own. He's got his own crazy. His flow is so, <laughs> is so unique. Like when his we got the vocals crazy. from him, yeah. we 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 laid him down. We kept listening. I'm like, do we put this on beat right? And we tried it 15 different ways and kept listening and listening. And eventually realized, no, it was exactly right. And then eventually yeah. we finally got it. Like I can't believe we went through all of that. But yeah. like it was perfect, and we just took us a while to wrap our heads around it. That's so dope, man. That's so dope. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good, man. So yeah, those those are those moments, you know. But yeah, Mocha only, definitely check out Mocha only. Like to me, getting Buck 65 Joe Ron and Mocha only on one album, for me, that's like a personal, like huge, like, yo, these are three Canadian underground hip hop icons to me. And they're all on my record. And they all like as far as you know, maybe I'm biased, but I feel like they brought their A game. Like you can tell when sometimes yeah, people are oh, just like, okay, yeah. whatever, and it's like I got a few I verses work... that I feel like people were looking up for pill, were looking for pill money, and you can kind of tell. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I can get that guy for 150 bucks. Word. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a slippery slope, but it's worth it. Like for the way I see it, it's like too. Like I want to fairly compensate someone that like is going to work it's like listen i respect what you do like you know i bought your albums all these years like if you want to work with me i'm going to at least pay you like the minimum of what like you would hire a session guitarist to come in and you know i feel the exact same way you know like you got it like there was a thing when i was coming up where like this was so stupid. I, I thought it was stupid then. It's even stupider now. Where people are like, oh, you did you did a verse with so and so. Yeah, but you had to pay him. He didn't do it for the love. And I'm just like, the fuck. Like, why would you expect somebody to just as a train as a professional person to just do it for the love of hip hop for some random nitwit who came up to him with a flat brimmed hat going like this, talking he's next. Like, I just yeah. that shit was so ridiculous. Like, you respect the person. <laughs> like, yeah. If they give you a shitty product, that's when it sucks. Right. But it's like, you know, you deliver. I'm pretty – when I work with people, I'll be, like, super hands-on. I feel like you are too. And it's like I want to be like, all right, let's work. And, like, if, if you know, how are we going to make this the best possible thing it can be? And, like, if you hear the track with Mocha, like, him and I go back and forth. The, the concept was us going back and forth on a phone call. And I'm trying to get him to be on my posse cut. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And we've met, you know, we've done shows together. So everything I'm dropping in the verse is like, yes, it's called want to be on my posse cut. And uh, it's, uh, it was my take on like a concept posse cut song. Uh, You know, I think it's pretty dope track. You have so many great ideas. Like, do you feel as <laughs> being like a multimedia artist that is that so some people like I'm just going to be a rapper. It's all I'm going to do is rap and all this stuff. But like, it seems like you've learned something that I've sort of learned where if you can do everything, that's a huge advantage. Like, like if it's like, I'm sure any little task you might not necessarily want to do, but you probably could do. Do you feel that that gives you an advantage and more control of your own destiny? Yeah. And like learning what you can do, but then also figuring out what you can't do. I love to make beats, but I know a whole bunch of people who make way dope. I'm beats the same way. I don't rap. So I'm, beats. yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, 
I stepped back from beat making a long time ago, but I find samples. So I'll, I'll like, I'm always digging. I'm always listening for samples. And then I'll send samples to the producers I work with. Like, yo, check this out at like 32 seconds. What do you think of this? Can we do something with it? And then like, they're like, yo, yeah, give me a couple of days. And then they flip something back to me. And that's, those are like the greatest yeah. moments. Um, but that's like an area where I'm like, leave it to the professionals. But yeah, for other stuff, like, yo, who's manufacturing these CDs? I can just call up this manufacturer and get the CDs made. Who's doing distro? You know, like back to 2006, where you were talking about the iTunes thing, like around 2006 to 2010, you couldn't get on iTunes or any of that stuff without, you had to be on a label. Like oh, now really? you can just get distro kit or tune core. You could not, at least in Canada, I could not just independently, I had no... That actually does ring a bell. Cause, yeah, because I remember, I, I don't remember any of my friends having stuff on iTunes back then. They had plenty of albums out and stuff. I got Burglaritis was on iTunes. So that's another thing that I got lucky about because that was like because of all the hands in the in the pot. Yeah. Hand Solo Records, Herbnet Records, Sonic Onion, Universal. The benefit was that it got distroed through digital so that was huge. Yeah. And then that sort of dictated how I did my releases. I was like, well, I got to go with these guys because they can actually get me on iTunes. Yeah. So and that's, and and that's it was like too finding a label. Yeah. yeah. Is like, but now you can, we can all do it ourselves. When you're building what you're making, you can kind of bake the promotion into it where, you know, okay. Like, like a lot of artists wait to the last minute and go, Oh, how am I going to promote this? So I'm not going to, and nobody listen to it. But when your ideas are based around this idea of something that's easy to promote or gives you promotional opportunities, that's just exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I went fully independent. Like I was always like independent, but it was like, I needed the labels to do that for me. And then with Bandcamp really coming up, I went independent and cause that was the only site I could find where you could put something up for free, like name your yeah. price. And then that model I found was huge because the way I see it, like it was 2013 then, a lot of people, even now, like this is still true today, people aren't going to take a chance on you. If they can listen on Spotify for free or YouTube, especially kids, well, why are they going to pay 15 bucks for a digital download on Bandcamp when they don't know who you are? Right. But if you have a name your price on Bandcamp, even if they get it for zero and they listen to it, you might be getting a new fan for life right. and you might be, and who knows where that's going to go in the future. So I try and have a balance, like half my stuff on Bandcamp now is name your price. Like I always keep my most recent release up for name your price. And so I think right now I have Bergonomic and Cobra Island and Spinarak, you know, shameless plug. But if people are listening, no, they can go download want, those for free. Go get them on Bandcamp right now for zero digital and go download. Go buy some name vinyl because I I picked and then, up. Yeah, the vinyls beautiful looking. Thank like, you, man. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I could so, tell. You, I mean, you that's really think about too. the details too, because it's like yeah. that. When I looked at that, I was the I ordered the um the MacGuffin uh device oh, yeah, LP, the, dude. And like, the beautiful blue, and I was just like, oh man. I can't wait to Thank you that. so much. Yeah. And it opens up and you oh, got cool. all the lyrics too. So like that, yeah. that's obviously, that's not cheap to make. 
like that um are and it's do you are you doing all that design yourself are you talking to the distributors yourself that's so beautiful yeah Yeah, it looks better in person i'm seeing how it's picking up on the camera but it's like yeah this is the bomb so these this record i went through um this went went through Bandcamp. so Bandcamp has a vinyl um they do vinyl crowdfunders i did not know that yeah, so they have their own vinyl company. They worked with Kindercore, who I think are based in Georgia. They were in like Athens, Georgia. Uh, I'm not sure what plant they're dealing with now, but they made these. These came from Georgia, and they're incredible. And, you know, you work with them, and I wanted to make sure that, yeah, this is the color I wanted. I wanted to get heavyweight vinyl. I don't like that thin vinyl. You got to, got to like... Cause it's going to play yeah. better. It's going to sound better. It's going to feel better. Um, and yeah, just doing all the little things like the way I see it, if you're going to put out physical product, you got to make it count. So yeah, having the thing that opens up with all the lyrics, this was key yeah. to me getting like dope artwork that opens up, you know, something eye catching. Like if I'm at a show and the merch table, you got this big yellow square. It's like, yo, what's that? The blue Yeah, it looks so pretty together. So shout out for man sour my designer yeah so make that physical count and then um yeah like like i say like for digital i've found i've had good luck i mean it's everybody's different but i've i've had, had good luck with that with that it name is, your price model it is really it makes sense to take a risk right that, yeah when you say everybody's different it's funny how some artists can like I don't know what it is, but some find ways to monetize themselves better than others. Like some do really well on one platform and not others. And so it's like, it's really important to find the niche of what your audience is, how they want to, you know, because for me, I've become a big vinyl person. I've become that vinyl nerd who goes, it does sound better. It's, you know, it, it gives you that experience. I like, I like something forcing me to get up every 15 to 20 minutes to flip aside, you know? Yes, man. Yes. You're interacting with, like I was and showing it, the CD. It's like, I want to touch physical product. Like I have saw like, CDs are back um, and it's like, it, I want a plastic circle in a plastic square. Right. I want, you know, you know, like ASMR that it in a machine. Were, were like certain sounds are supposed to make you feel certain ways. The sound of vinyl when the record's done, but it's still playing actually really calms me in like a strange way. I sat here like a few weeks ago, just, I must've been like five minutes past. I'm like, what the, I've been listening to this thing. Like, I believe it, man. I believe it. It's true. Yep. So, and, all right, man. Well, I've, I feel like I've been holding you forever. <laughs> hey, I'm having a blast, man. This is great. I mean, what you know, it's a, it's a chill Wednesday over here. Um, the uh, yeah, I guess the last to that point is just I love this stuff. Like, I love vinyl. I love. So I want to like make a product that I would want. You know, like I'm not gonna put my name on something that I think sucks. <laughs> you know, I fucking hate when I just see you know. like people that just you can tell like like especially back in like the early 2000s. It's like you use the low res photo for your album cover. <laughs> like I mean, yeah. it's like it's pixelated, motherfucker. Like, Dude, that's what? such a pet peeve. Like bad album art. It's, like it drives me nuts. It's great. Like oh, there's so many things that you just be like, oh, if I had the like patience to like help you can't even help people like that he's like you can't even like reach out be like yo 
your album cover is kind of weak. Like it's funny, like they, <laughs> you really you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can no. certainly judge an album by its album cover. Because I'm somebody who like I will buy albums I've never heard before because I like that. So I'm not a gambling person at all. I hate gambling, but I like the gamble of buying an album based on the cover and seeing if I'm gonna love it. And it's like usually yeah. if I'm doing like like you know if I'm doing like a big order from like overseas, I'll throw in a couple based totally on instinct, and I've almost always been super surprised and happy. DJ Jaguar right. skills, check him out. He's amazing. <laughs> Okay, Jack. Dope, dope. Yeah, there's one he did. He did, this, he did this album where it's like it's sort of a play on the um the MTV um flag moon dude. So that's the one oh, I yeah. recommend. I'm so bad with the names of anything. It's just like it's that thing that's in my head that I can picture but can't translate with words. <laughs> there's a lot. Someone, of someone burgled out there. my words. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. Like, but... so one other question I was thinking before. You mentioned working with the same people for years. And like hip and like that, obviously, to me, when I hear that, it speaks to character because it's hard to do that. Like I was in a group and it felt like being in a relationship with multiple people. And it's really hard to do. What do you attest to being able to keep these relationships for long periods of time? Yo, thank you. It's true. I mean, being a solo rapper where I'm working with beat makers and like yeah i've been working with the same crew for yeah over 20 years like beat mason and i you mentioned burglaritis you know beat mason and i are still making stuff together right we were on um i don't know it's just like obviously respect appreciation for what the other is doing like getting a good vibe like i guess just right off the get-go the people that i work with i can them think of all the first times i met them and just generally getting a good vibe and like we we connected on these levels of well this is what we're doing and it's like you know like you hear my stuff like some people might not be into what i'm doing and like oh this is, maybe this is a little weird for me or outside my box or whatever it's like well but like some people get it and then like i'm the same way with i hear beats and i'm like yo i love this stuff they're like really nobody else likes my stuff I'm like no this stuff's crazy and I mean, I don't know, just like respect, having fun, keeping in touch, keeping in contact. Like, you know, these people have become like my best friends over the years. Um, it is hard. I mean, and then there's definitely you do, you know, you do wind up working with people every now and then. And it's like, ah, it was good, but it's like it's too much work or too. Or sometimes too you find people that you're friends with, but can't really work with. I get a few of those where it's just like every time yeah. it just kind of feels like oil and water. And you're just like, this isn't, you know, let's not ruin the friendship. Yeah, like, I mean, we connect. I mean, like, you know, someone like Beat Mason, who I love, and, like, we're old, old friends, and, like, we have a lot of the same, like, hip-hop sensibilities, but we also like the same, like, comics and cartoons, and, like, so we can nerd out about other things and then come back together, and, like, but if I say something, I'm like, yo, remember that EPMD track that went like this, da 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 and he's like, yo, I know that one. I was like, yeah, let's do something. Like, he'll, like, get it. Like, I know, like, I can call up Beat Mason and be like, dude, I was just listening to this ag like you hear the new ag album like the 2023 ag album it's so weird because like for me i was listening all this stuff in a vacuum as a kid so it was like well i remember seeing like pump it up on d barnes and i'm like oh someone else like this stuff exists elsewhere because it just felt like something i grew up in a very small town like didn't even have cable like i listened to college radio and heard you know hip-hop and was like holy shit yeah. But like it, it when you when you can say, oh, remember that EPMD song from like you know Business Never Personal, yeah. like, and someone says yes to me, that's like, holy shit, <laughs> yeah, like that? that's it, right? Like you, you know, you work with your people, and then and then you make new connections, and um, you know, yeah, like I've started working with people that I just randomly heard something they did, and I'm like, this thing is 
incredible. Who is this? Yeah. And just shoot a random message into the ether and then they come back and they're like, yo, and you know, it's your weird music when you becomes your something... business card too. Yeah. yeah, when you approach something with earnestness, it's surprising, which is seem you seem like a very earnest person. Like it's surprising how often that works out. Cause it's like you I'm sure you get messages from people that are like, yo, fam, like <laughs> when we go hook up, like what can you do for me? And then it's like it's every once in a while you get something that's actually like well written and you can tell the person has a you know understands like how to talk to people and you're just like it's like a breath of fresh air <laughs> like oh there are normal Man, people out there yes you should be teaching a course i mean that's true <laughs> a, a well-written instagram message goes a long yeah. way i pride myself on my self-awareness <laughs> <laughs> i remember i once accidentally you know who lewis logic is Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I once, um, I was at wherever, I forget what it's, or Sage Francis had his shows. Uh, he had a place in, I think somewhere in Rhode Island or Connecticut or something where he do shows. And um, my friend was playing, was backing for Lewis Logic. And I had never been prescribed like lorazepam or any of that stuff before. And like they, and like my doctor gave it to me and I took one, had a few beers. And like, I remember trying to talk to Lewis Logic and being like, I know I can't get my words out. This dude definitely thinks I'm like a crackhead right now. <laughs> just being like, oh, no. I need to back away from this conversation, but I can barely move my feet and just feeling like more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got on that topic, but it's just. Oh man. No, I mean, yeah. I saw him do a piano show. He was, he's an amazing musician. Like, yeah, he's, I saw him do, I saw him, I saw him warm up once for a show that my friends were doing. He just sat there in the piano while the bar was, was um closed and he was just playing and it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. He came through Toronto a million years ago when I was just starting out and he, he was doing the rap stuff. Cause he was with, was he with Demigods? Yeah. He, yeah. Cin yeah. Cinematic is an amazing album. They did a yeah, whole remix yeah. of that album, like an eighties remix. The song with him and Mac Lethal on that, that I friggin' love. That's okay. Yeah. 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 No, he had some good jams, a good, good voice, some good rhymes. He had that yeah. song that was all racial slurs for like four minutes. And then you find out at the end, he's, he, he was like pretending to be president Bush, <laughs> but it's like, cause I remember that day that I was in that thing, he was playing that song and singing it. And you could tell the people in the bar were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> cause he's saying <laughs> just like four minutes of racism. He must've known what he was doing, but it was pretty fucking funny. Oh man. You're dropping some names. There's a dude. And, you know, just sort of like in your neck of the woods, I wonder if you, you might have crossed paths with him. Something Wombat? Does that name sound familiar? It sounds familiar. Wombaticus Rex or something? Maybe. I don't He's know. He's really dope. And he has a song about Laura Bush. So you just triggered. And I was like. The one who ran over somebody with a car? That No one ever talked about that? I think allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I believe Laura Bush. Yeah may have killed somebody in the car, allegedly. Yeah, Wombaticus Rex. He was so, like, I stumbled on him. I think, maybe he was from Rhode Island, or maybe he was from, like, New Hampshire. I don't know. It was like, I'm not quite sure. It is crazy how many was... how many great MCs, like, there is something, too. My friend and I talked about this. My best friend growing up was, a, he wanted to be, like, a trick skier. Like, he was a really good skier, and I wanted to be, like, a rapper. And, like, we found that right when YouTube came out, that really made the bar of everything go up because everybody could see the other skiing tricks people were doing. And then they got so much, it was like, like with Tony Hawk in his, um, whatever trick it was he did, he thought nobody could do it. Once he did it, everybody else could then do it because they saw him do it. And YouTube really like the level of freestyle rapping and shit. Like once everybody's watching these scribble jam things, you're like, Oh, I gotta be good. Yeah. Like, 
And it's crazy how much I think people don't realize how much easy it is to get better now than any other point in history. In time. Like, like in the early 90s, in the 90s, it's like we were fucking with the Dewey Decimal System if we, had, if we had to learn anything. It's like you can't you couldn't go to your friggin library and get a book on Rakim like. It's. I'm fucking old man yelling at clouds right now. But. No, man. No, it's true. I mean, the uh, <laughs> the access is is insane. Like you would hear something once and you may never hear it again. Be like, a, you'd call, I'd call the college radio. It'd be like, yo, what was that song? What song? It was it was on like just like seven minutes ago. Like, what was that song? It's like I don't know. It was another guy playing. He left. He took all his records. What? What? I'll never hear that song again. <laughs> I remember, like I mentioned before, on that Pump It Up show with D Barnes. I remember seeing the video for Jump by Criss Cross, and I was in like the seventh grade, and it was like three in the morning or whatever, and like I'd never heard of it before, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. So I started calling all the radio stations on the play. They had no idea what I was talking about. And there was weeks of me going, fucking crisscross. People at school, they're like, what are we talking about? And all of a sudden, it was like, ba-boom. And I'm like, you see? I told you. You were there. You were there I first. was there, so I don't know. But Dope, man. I don't Dope. know, man. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Likewise. Thank amazing, you. man. It's I, I cannot wait to get that record and listen to it a bunch more times. Uh, Dope, definitely, man. everybody go check out Ward Burglar. I mean, how can you not? So... Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. I challenge you. Go get free downloads off Bandcamp. Get Bergonomic. Yeah. Tell me what you think. It's dope. And pay for a few too. Come on. Pay We're for it too. Right yeah. Here. But you know, I know how it is with people, you know, you don't want to take a risk and you know, then rock Marciano goes and drops like a CD for like $500 or something. It's like, what? That dude Some too great. is amazing. Like he, he's yeah, someone he's who doesn't great. get enough, you know, he's someone too. I always think about like, why do I want to do a song with him someday? <laughs> he's dope, man. Yeah, he pops up on some stuff. But... Yeah, yeah. This is great, man. We'll have to do this again because I feel like there's a lot of tangents we can yeah. just continue. Definitely. But yeah, yeah. it props to you. Like I'm, I'll, I'm looking forward to checking out your stuff, man, and 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 all the, you know, these projects you've got upcoming. Sounds dope. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'll yeah. plug myself. Quiet Life, Loud Friends out now. My new EP with copyright, wordplay, bunch of other people. Myself and Pillsy Beats. I should at least mention my producer. <laughs> Pillsy, what's up? So cool, man. It's been a pleasure. Right on, dude. All right. Meet Anne with wings clips. Quick to flip manuscripts. Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich. But she still can't stand the way he manages to never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids. Plus he cheats at corn holding rags that he won. So she lost interest like porno after she comes. My DM started jingling, baby, as it was done. Two seconds later, I can hear the snapping of her gums. She calls me half Dodge Challenger, half Lip Gallagher. I'm happy that I luckily sat next to her in algebra. I try to hold her down, but I just couldn't balance her. Between the million meetings that I keep in my calendar Plus odds aren't too sloppy That I know why my cell is blowing up Probably, but I should check just as well Call the cops, see if I can get a hold and tell If that's copyrights, yell, raising hell Inside the holding cell Cause 
when the fun stops, that's when the arguments happen In the gunshots, it's summertime Backyards where we play cards Spitting in cypher, the homie trade bars Domino slam on the table